Everybody skips the song Sentimental Man on the Wicked Cast recording. You know it. We know it. We're willing to wager that even Stephen Schwartz knows it. But keep your thumb away from the skip button on the new podcast, Sentimental Men. Join self-proclaimed Wicked aficionados Quincy Brown and Kevin Bianchi as they examine the musical Wicked from Elphaba's emerald-tinted point of view, joined by a different actress who has performed the role in each episode. Keep up with them on social media at SentMenPod and stream their episodes wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now back to the show. Okay, Connor lied. We aren't back to the show yet. This is Dylan flying solo, I know, jarring, to tell you all about our exclusive bonus content platform, Patreama. Drama plus Patreon is fun mini episodes, long form twin talk convos, videos from our Zoom recordings, and even access to our Instagram close friends. Skip your PSL this month and subscribe to Patreama for only $5. You'll also get the scoop on our upcoming guests and maybe even some merch giveaways. All right, now back to the show for real. Press play, curtain of an hour in, it's time to take skin, the shade and tea to spill, ooh, drama, oh, that's a tweet, did they book, who got on the option, no, oh, I'm not well, what, what star will we, we talk, talk to today? today, oh, that's a gag, honey, say no more, drama, drama, welcome to drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, Love and life in, in New, New York, York City. City. I am Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. And here we are. Life is crazy. And it's funny, Connor, you said right before we hit record, you're like, Do, does it rain every day we record? It's literally every time, every single time. And it, it can really make or break a mood, you know? Yes. Although I'm, I'm honestly, I've, the lighting is right for me right now. I know. And I'm just feeling my oats, my oatmeal, everything. And every, it's, it's going to be a fun episode. You're glowing. This guest that we have today. I know. We've wanted. But we never had the courage to ask because we always thought, she's busy. She's busy. I know. Not a big deal. But I, I know. And, and our guest, it's very relevant because our guest was nominated for a Tony. And they were. And actually, I'm realizing, did we, have we talked about the Tonys on the pod yet? Well, our Patreon listeners and subscribers will have listened to our episode, which for anyone who's interested, it's an hour of Connor and I arguing, but not about what you think. Yeah. And it's $5 a month for anyone who just, when, when drama every Wednesday isn't enough, you know, there's every, there's the Friday. The Friday. Drops as well. Yeah. So we talk mm-hmm. about reality TV. We talk about uh, whatever it was we done. The Tony, we did a whole Tony noms episode. We, we talked about the Tonys, which was a lot of me talking about Aaron Tveit. Yes. Which is normal. Um, Oh, yes. And me, but I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best today to not talk about him. I know. Yeah. We'll edit this out. I'm just kidding. We're not going to edit it out. But um, should we jump in? I think we should because one of the big topics of that Patreon Tony nominations episode was the 15-time no- nominated Jacket Little Pill. That's right. And also, you were talking about your glowing lighting earlier. And our guest, you know, this is, of course, an audio format, but our guest is glowing. Truly glowing. like a like an angel sent from heaven above. I feel like I'm watching a perfume commercial or something. Wait, do you remember Britney Spears' um, perf- perfume commercials? <laughs> they were, were they called Fantasy? And she would be like, there once was a girl. And she's like wandering through the woods. Uh-huh, and it, uh-huh, there's like uh-huh. a, it, it, she's giving me that. Anyway. I thought that she was in a hotel. You know what? There's a lot of perfume commercials for Britney Spears. Listeners, mm-hmm. DM us and tell us your favorite. <laughs> tell us how we got it wrong. All right. Anyway. Let's bring in the guest, our guest, because we cannot waste a second of her time with our blabbering. I know. Oh, my God. Okay. So our guest today is a 2020 Tony Award and Drama Desk nominee and Outer Critic Circle honoree for Best Performance by an Actress in a Leading Role in a Musical for her work as Mary Jane Healy in Jagged Little Pill. Before her acclaimed turn in the Alanis Morissette musical, audiences have been delighted by her powerhouse acting and stunning vocals in On the Town as Claire, the 2008 revival of Company as April, Crybaby, Million Dollar Quartet, and the national tours of the Bridges of Madison County and Xanadu. Off-Broadway, she played Gussie in James Lapine's production of Merrily We Roll Along at City Center Encores and the nurse in Hello Again, TV, Black Box, Think Tank, Made in Jersey, Fringe, The Chappelle Show, and PBS's great performances, Company. 
you surely will recall her marvelous rendition of the Miller Son from A Little Night Music during Sondheim's 90th birthday celebration. She is an artist off stage and screen as well as she creates handmade and tie-dyed totes, onesies, shirts, and more via her page at el underscore stands underscore by underscore hands. Please welcome to drama Elizabeth Stanley. Drama. I love oh. that you guys sang your intro. Oh, yeah. Oh, I feel yeah. like I need to do the same. Hello. That, I love that. I love that we have that sound bite now. <laughs> I, I love when the guest says drama. Actually, our first ever episode, we had Krista Rodriguez on, and it was like our first one, and we were so nervous. We were like, oh my God, are, are, are the people we talked to going to be into this podcast? And the first thing she says, you know, when she's on, when she's on the hot mic, is she goes, drama and i cannot tell you how many the chills that went down my back oh my god they've never gone down history, history is repeating itself today when you said it as well elizabeth so oh my god well, i'm in good company i love me some krista rod she's the best oh yes she, she is. is so amazing um we love you and we have been fans of you for so long we first of all congratulations on all of the accolades that have come your way for jagged little pill Thank you. This is already such an ego boost. Just hearing, oh, yeah. <laughs> hearing the intro, I was like, oh, I should really feel good about myself. <laughs> you should. <laughs> oh my God. You've done so many great things. Thank you. I feel like, you know, I've been really lucky to have a, have a lot of really wonderful opportunities to do shows that have ended up being so special to me. That's awesome. Jagged is so special. It's, I think it's the first time we've seen you live, um, but we've been fans for years. And I remember the biggest regret was that we missed Bridges on Broadway. And then when we heard it was touring, we were like, well, we're not going to miss it. And then we missed it. I, I just don't know where we were. It was like a shorter <laughs> tour. And it was like a limited, limited dates, um, maybe West Coast more so. Yeah, it never really came East. So, you know, unless you're like really die hard and you're gonna like mm -hmm. get on a plane like yeah i mean it's hard it's okay it's okay, okay. well thank you <laughs> i truly can't imagine how beautiful you would have sounded singing that score because it is seriously one of my favorite broadway scores of the last 10 years for real same i mean i've always been a jason robert brown fan but that just like took it to a whole new epic level just like wait what also this yeah i know and what a great role oh my gosh oh yeah i mean same like marcia norman's script is so beautiful and the character that she wrote in francesca is just like there's so much there i yeah i was really happy to get to do it for you know i think we did almost nine months but there were a lot of breaks so yeah, it was a again understandable. You didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did see you in Jagged, and we are obsessed. It is, I mean, all Aaron Tobate aside, making you know him my my talk of the season. Jagged Little Pill is my favorite show of this of this season that we got. It is, it is just we we launched the podcast last year, and Antonio Cipriano was one of our first guests who helped us, and then we had Catherine Gallagher on in May, and just everyone we talked to we just can't shower them with enough praise for bringing these stories to light. It is Connor and I talked about how it's like, it feels like a modern day, like hair meets next to normal with all of the topics. And Oh, it's just so great. I would even say rent. I, I think that rent was so groundbreaking because of all of the, the, the plot lines and topics that were shoehorned into it. And I know that Jagged Little Pill, people will say like, Oh, there's so much in it. I, you know, I would be at work and I'm like, I loved it. They'd be like, there were so many topics. And I'd be like, yeah, but like every day, everyone is dealing with all these topics anyway. Like, have you watched Rent? There are like every single issue, not issue, but like, or I suppose like political issue, socioeconomic status, sexuality, dealing with the healthcare system, homelessness, art, all of it. And I think the Jagged Little Pill is bringing also a very specific, a specifically broad production that you're able to feel for all these characters and see yourself or people you know on stage in such a beautiful way. I loved it. Oh, yay. I love hearing, of course, some people like it. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. You know, when I first read the script, I was like, oh my God, and that, and that, you know, but I think just like, I think our creative team is so brilliant. Diablo Cody, it's just like the way that she took that album and like wove it together and made a story out of it that felt, you know, that doesn't feel trite or like just cheesy, um, which is easy to do. I think when you're making a jukebox musical, um, mm -hmm. 
I just, yeah, I bow down. And in some ways it's like the songs just revealed themselves. You're like, what else could that be about? And some, you know, like, yeah. And, and it is, our world is full there, you know, like in life, we don't get to just deal with one thing at a time. You know, if I were just dealing with pandemic (laughs) by now, I'd be nailing it. But, you know, (laughs) but, you know, instead it's just like 10 other problems in every day that you're just like, ah, um, and absolutely that's, that's the reality of our world. And I think, you know, one of the best things art can do is hold up that mirror and let us see ourselves and give us a place to just feel and process together. Uh, so I feel, yeah, so grateful to be a part of this show. Oh, I love it. I know you've, and you've been a part of it from the beginning, right? Like the earliest readings. So how did it come into your life? Yeah, it's so fun. I mean, it was like almost exactly three years ago, I was like doing a self tape for it. Um, so they were really ahead of their game, even in I that. know, wow. Um, <laughs> but I think because the creative team was very spread out with just mm-hmm. like some people being on the West Coast and our choreography is from Belgium. And um, right. so it was just so they said, you know, everyone is submitting that, a self-tape. Um, and I, I had to do it quickly. I remember I happened to have the whole day free to work on it because I was going out of town to see my brother and his wife had, were having a baby shower. And um, <laughs> Fun. so I just spent like the whole day. Yeah. Working on it and then sent it in and um, yeah. then found out that I, that I got it. So that, you know, then it was like into the lab and all of that, which in some ways I think because I hadn't like auditioned in person always feels like a continued audition. It feels like a really mm. long audition when you're doing the first round of something. You're okay. like, well, this is going to go okay. Or they're just going to be like, nah. Right, uh, right, right. Because I mean, it's so common where you hear people getting replaced after labs or, I mean, it happens to every actor, I'm sure at some point in their career, but. Yeah. Yeah, That's absolutely. So, so I felt, um, you know, it was a really cool project and I felt a, a great connection from the get go. So I felt pretty um, excited about carrying on with it. So I was really glad that that feeling was mutual. Oh, <laughs> amazing. And I th- and what a, also another great female role in role in general. I mean, seriously, she's the anchor of this. Mary Jane is the anchor of this story. And I was I guess I don't want to spoil anything that happens, but just continuously blown away by the amount of emotion and just, I mean, the acting you got to do in this show and singing. It was just unbelievable. I, I remember we saw it on a Friday night and I was like, how, how is she going to do the rest of the weekend? <laughs> and it was right after like New Year's too. So I don't even know what your guys' schedule was, but I was like, oh, I'm still like bloated from Christmas dinner. I don't know how they are going to power through the holidays here, but seriously, what a beast of a role. Yeah, but fun, you know, and I mean, it feels weird to say that because she's experienced a lot of things that in real life are not fun, but mm-hmm. as an actor, it's, it's nice to be challenged. And I think sometimes in, sometimes in musicals, like the, this, uh, the scenes are just like, skimpy because there's a lot of songs, you know? And so there's not as much to like sink your teeth into. Um, Yeah. So it's just, it really does feel like the role of a lifetime for me so far. Oh my goodness. I I love that. (laughs) I I have, I mean, it's, it's so good. I mean, I have, first of all, I also love your costumes because they feel like they're comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was like, Oh, I'm never going to be able to wear like character shoes in a show ever again. Like just this, you know, comfy mom athleisure look. Mm-hmm. Really, there's no going back. I never. Well, my favorite. I have to, have to ask you about my one of my favorite scenes. It took my breath away. Is smiling when the. It, I have to just talk about it with spoiling what happens. Is there's sort of this reversal of the choreography midway through the piece where everything's moving in backwards. Can you can you describe the scene a little bit? Yeah. So it's um you know, the scene that's leading up to it is um, I'm like a mom, I'm, I'm going about town, I'm running some errands. And then I also like, I'm stopping at the pharmacy to refill a, a prescription for opioids to which I am addicted. And then I can't get them. And you see me like buy them in an alley. And, um, and then it's like the second I take them, the song starts and then you see 
the reverse of everything that you have just mm-hmm. seen. That's what it is. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, we rehearsed it a very, very, very long time um, because everyone is going backwards. So, you know, it's like people are moving huge props and, and set pieces. And um, so it's just, so not only like the math of figuring out like, wait, what did we see and what will mm-hmm. work? Like maybe what would be helpful for the audience to see so that they understand as quickly as possible? Like, Oh, this is a rewind. Right. Um, so layering that in and then figuring out the reverse and then figuring out, I mean, and our show has incredible dancers. So like they, they, it wasn't hard for them. It was harder for um, someone like me to be like, wait, what? <laughs> show me how to do that backwards. Um, but yeah, so it's just, it takes a lot of trust. And I remember the first time we did it in tech, you know, with a spotlight on you, you're really blinded by like, you, you don't have the sight, like your peripheral vision so mm-hmm. all of a sudden i was like wait this is a whole new element that i wasn't prepared for like walking backwards <laughs> yeah it takes a lot of trust yeah. i feel like i remember someone pushing or pulling like a stroller at some point and i'm like oh no are they gonna crash <laughs> like, it's crazy right. yeah no it's it, it it was it was wild and, and miraculously very few accidents in the live performance but you know um and i think this there was like the brainchild of larby our choreographer but um i was i was doing a a conversation the other day and I was saying how, you know, so many things about this piece have deepened as we've continued to do it and share it with audiences. And we were doing a talk back with a a group of people who are in recovery and they were saying that this number particularly like spoke to them and reminded them a phrase that a lot of people are taught during recovery is like play the tape back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're thinking about using and, you know, you think, what's this going to look like tomorrow when I have to like replay this tape? And I was like, oh, wow, I love that that's, you know, that I don't even think was on people's minds when we were Mm -hmm. creating it. But um, that really resonated with me too and has stuck with me as I do it now. Wow. I am like falling to my knees. Like that, that is truly profound. And uh, again, it's taking the mirror and showing you, showing theater, showing people their lived experiences in a, Wow, in such a cathartic way, I think. Now, I have so many questions about Jaggy Little Pill, but I, I'm, I think I just have one big one that I'm curious about is, what is your favorite part about Mary Jane? Oh, I mean, I just love playing someone who is so flawed. Um, because like we all are, and we all spend so much time trying to pretend that we're not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and and so in some ways it's just like as an actress it's like a relief to play someone who has moments of like just raw ugliness you know yeah. you're like oh yes i know how to do that i <laughs> i do that in my own life all the time um mm-hmm. and because i think it's like the pressure i mean in some ways it's fun to play something that's so fantastical or glamorous or something because like we don't usually get to be that in our real life but um i think we also don't you know, we don't let ourselves feel the the depth of our pain every single moment of every single day and um, just go to those kind of difficult places that, you know, hopefully you don't need to go to on a daily basis. But I don't know, there's something really freeing about playing a character that is exposing all of the, you know, the good and bad in her life. Yeah. Wow, what a beautiful answer. Oh, I love that so much. It's I, I saw her when I MJ, I saw her in so many moms that I know and just the way that you would that MJ talks about her kids or um Connor worked at Soul Cycle for a while and seeing her at the Soul Cycle class, I'm sure he recognized her coming through the door. You know, it's yes. it, it's so realistic and beautiful and in the company of actors. I mean, every principal got nominated for a Tony, which is unheard of, but just so spec- so deserving and spectacular. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> I, I didn't know that it was every single principal. That's amazing. Yeah. Like every single person associated with our show that could have been nominated was, and you know, I think there's a lot to be said about this weird cut short Tony season. And of course, like a lot of shows, like we can't wait to see and celebrate mm-hmm. when they are finally able to open. Um, but I just, yeah, it feels like the like most wonderful gift um, 
to be celebrated with my entire company who I just love and can't say enough good things about like that. There's no one that you have to be like, Oh, you got overlooked or I hate that. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. like, it was really fun to just on that day, be able to be like, Oh my God. Wow. Yes. Everyone. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) So where were you the day that the nominations came out? I mean, it was different. It wasn't an eight in the morning. Like it usually is. It was a nice noon announcement on a Thursday. (laughs) I know. Yes. So I've always like, you know, imagined like, oh, if I'm, if I'm eligible, like, would I, would I just like sleep in and try and, you know, sleep through, or would I be like awake and just waiting nervously? Like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I was actually on a hike and I didn't have cell service, um, which I kind of knew was going to be the case, but like, we had planned this hike weeks before they even said these announcements were going to happen. And I was like, well, I could not go, but if I go, it's just like postponing it a couple more hours. So, mm-hmm. hey, what's a couple more hours? Um, so, yeah, it was like as we were, um, you know, getting back to service, like I was like checking my phone, like, what is it going to be? What is it going to be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's really um, – and, it, you know, was, I had like a few different stages of the reaction. Like my first was just like, you know, it wasn't like – it was just mm-hmm. it was like really deep like I just was kind of quiet and like mm. trying not to cry like it just felt really um it was everything in this moment is so complex but I know. um yes you know I I do feel like grateful this is like something I've of course dreamt of my life my whole life so oh yeah and you're so deserving I mean that's so beautiful that you really it, it affected you maybe differently than you might have realized with just that moment of sort of internal reckoning with everything. But I think it's so incredible that we're still able to have this good thing this year that, you know, everything that could have gone wrong with <laughs> everything getting pushed. And we were talking a little bit beforehand, just like the waiting game now. And we deserve as a community to have this celebration because who knows when we'll be able to celebrate again. You know, it's, this might be the last Tonys until like 2022 or something along those lines. So I hate saying that out loud. But. No, but I, that's probably true. It's realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, wow. wow. Okay, wait. So where were you hiking? I have to ask. Mm. I was in Colorado. I've been um, there for, well, I'm not anymore, but mm-hmm. I was at the time. And I, I spent about three months there. There's a, a little theater called the Rocky Mountain Repertory Theater. And I worked there when I was in college. Um, so a long time ago. And I've stayed friendly with the artistic director. And during the pandemic, I was just like, I would like a break from New York city, please. And, um, but you know, as artists, like we don't really have the luxury of just, I mean, most of us don't have the luxury of being able to just like get an Airbnb somewhere for the mm-hmm. next however many months, you know? So, which I've um, seen a lot of people doing that and I'm wondering where the money comes from, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Up, you know, like that's, they might yeah, know yeah, someone, true. or I, I think like a lot of people have, like. So, for example, I reached out to this theater. And I said, I know you can't have a season, um, you know, so you don't have actors in your cast housing. But like, is anything else in your cast housing? And so, um, so it ended up being this wonderful kind of kismet moment where they invited a handful of other alumni to come out, and um, you know, so we were there and we were able to form a little pod with you know a handful of other people and. Um, just kind of have this little creative gang. Um, so it was really oh, sweet. Fun. And then, you know, the nature is just like beautiful there and, and to have access to that. And during this time, especially it felt like just a little slice of heaven, you know? Oh my goodness. Sounds <laughs> wonderful. In real time. I'm remembering now my boyfriend's roommate who actually plays the guitar in our theme song. He was supposed to spend his summer, our theme song for the podcast. He was supposed to spend the summer at Rocky mountain as uh, Charlie and kinky boots. Um, oh yeah. And, I, and he met your fiance there when oh like, God. like over the last couple months, I don't remember what the scenario was, but he like went out to visit or something uh-huh. like that. And he, he said oh he met God. your fiance. That's so funny. I'm like, I'll have to tell him that we're talking to you. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I know so many like plans that were supposed to be that then just. Well, because right. you were supposed to get married this year as well, right? Yes. Yeah. The wedding is still on eventually. Yes. We're still, okay, okay. You know, we're still deciting to marry each other. So Can that's love you know, that. good. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Who's the lucky someone? Oh, he's the best. His name is Charlie Murphy. Not related to Eddie. 
Um, <laughs> um, so that would be cool. Yeah, that would be um, pretty cool. And uh, yeah, we got set up by a woman who was is sort of like a mutual friend. She had been, I did Cry Baby, the musical with her. Yes, Connor um, loves Cry Baby. <laughs> she was my understudy. So just, you know, word of the wise, always be nice to your understudy. Yes. <laughs> you never know what they're going to, how they're going to hook you up later. No, all about Eve situation or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how fun. And she set you guys up. Oh, I love it. Is Charlie yeah. a civilian? Like, is he a performer or? He is a performer also. Yeah. He, um, he was a theater major at Carnegie Mellon and now he runs a company, um, with a really creative name called music theater college auditions. And it might be exactly what you expect. (laughs) It's like, uh, it connects like high school students going through the college audition process with other artists, kind of people like myself to be their coaches, to help them through what is a crazy process. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. What a great, you know, they say the best businesses come from people finding a need and then filling it. So I feel like what a great company and also what a straightforward name. It'll be easy for people to find it, you know? Oh, here he is, here he is in the background. We're just talking about you. Hey, He's hey. handsome. <laughs> he has headphones in, so he can't hear what's going on. Oh, that's so great. And so I could imagine things are happening currently, but all the auditions are probably online. Yes. So it's a whole new yeah. navigating this thing. Oh my yeah. goodness. Well, you have experience with, you know, getting cast after sending in a tape. So that's great. <laughs> yes, it can happen. Really good things can happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Well, congrats about Jagged. I mean, I, I, I could ask you a million questions and keep you forever because it's just such a special show, but <laughs> there's you. obviously other things we want to talk about as well. Um, wait, I did have one question before we move on. Yeah, did please. you, did you base MJ off of anybody in particular, or was it sort of just an amalgamation of what was on the page and in your mind? Mm, great question. Um, she really is a combo platter of, you know, so, Love. Um, you know, so many people that I know and like prototypes of people that I witness, but then I'm like mm-hmm. also parts of myself, you know, of course, like I really relate to the sort of perfectionism um and like working really hard and and just being able to power through something um i'm from the midwest you know i'm oh, a party yeah. um <laughs> so i think like those parts of her definitely um came from parts of me but i tried hard not to um not to base her off of anyone personally because you know it was really tempting when creating a character like her to you know to not like her um, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, to be like, ugh, she's acting like a, that kind of a person. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I just knew that I needed the audience to understand and care about her because like, I'm telling the story of an, an addict and of a survivor of sexual assault. And like, those people should not be shunned or shamed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, those are stories that we need to understand. Like why, why are they acting this way? It's because of this, this trauma that they've had or because yeah. of this, you know, um, illness that they have. And that, I, that be, was way more important for me to like connect with than I mean, like Diablo's humor is so great. So like, oh, yeah. I just wanted to let that be there and let it do its own work rather than like put a hat on the hat, I guess. Oh, I love it. Oh, I mean, the show is funny too. Like, I mean, we're talking about these serious issues, but you have to laugh at certain things. And Diablo Cody, which most people would know her writing from Juno, which was that huge hit from whenever, I mean, I was in middle school when that came out. I don't remember when that was, but so long ago. But just, is this her stage debut though? With, yeah. With, oh my gosh. Well, the Tony's hers anyways. And so. she's doing uh, the, the Madonna film, working with I Madonna. Know. I heard that okay. they were like quarantined together. Like Madonna had Diablo. I mean, this is like some pop culture gossip, I suppose. But I heard that Madonna had like, they were like quarantined together writing this out, which I think is going to be fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that seems like a match made in heaven. I mean, (laughs) Diablo is like one of the kindest, nicest, most like humble people. But she's also like just one of the coolest people. I'm always like, you're just cool. I love that. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So switching gears from Jagged for a second, we like to ask all of our guests about that moment when they realized they loved the arts, theater, pop culture. We call it a ring of keys moment because perhaps it was a moment of recognition. Do you feel like you had a ring of keys moment? 
Uh, first of all, I love that that's what you call it. It's just like <laughs> such a like brilliant homage. And, and I know exactly what you mean. Um, oh my gosh. Love it. That's so nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, oh, I, there is not like a singular moment early on when I was just like, I'm an artist, but I did always really feel like I identified in that way. Um, but I will say specific to music theater. It was like when I heard the cast album of ragtime, mm. I was like, Oh, th- I want to do that. Um, Cause mm-hmm. I had been on the cl- kind of classical music journey um, up until like midway through college. And, and that's when I was first exposed to that score. And like, I mean, that cast, those uh, every, Oh yeah. And that come on. Um, Legendary. Legendary. Like, and, and I think like, you know, just all incredible actors, but all like incredible singers too. And so I think that I, I felt, I think scared of musicals before because I always thought like of them as being like song and dancey, which is mm-hmm. naive. There were plenty of things before that, you know, but I just, I don't know. It didn't click for me. And then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I, I could work really hard and like try and do that, you know? Um, yeah, I just love that. I love the idea that you always saw yourself felt like an artist because I think I felt that way too growing up. Like I was like, Oh, I love creating things. And I, I I suppose I am an artist. So whenever that vocabulary came into my life, I was like, yeah, I'm an artist too. in in my way, you know, that's really fun. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I grew up before like the internet was like, widely like what it is now i mean it existed but it just wasn't like you didn't spend time like googling shit yeah Um, (laughs) oh yeah curse away curse away (laughs) and and so i think like i loved like just like checking out books or like movies that would be about an artist or something like i was just looking at the other day i was looking at something um like a climped book in someone's house Mm -hmm. and um I think it is this like very nineties, like strange movie called dying young with Julia Roberts. And who is it? I feel like Scott Campbell Scott. Okay. And he is, and I think he's, I can't remember. I should watch again. I think he has a terminal illness, but he is like really obsessed with the artist Klimt. And I just remember being like, obsessed with Klimt also. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, just things like that where I was like, Oh, the arty life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, that's well. We love Julia Roberts, so I'm shocked that hasn't come across our desk yet. But we'll have <laughs> I to mean, look I into could it. be misquoting it, but I think that's it. Right. Sounds right to I, me. The point, the point, the point transcends. That makes a lot of sense. That's that's so cool. Um, I'm also suddenly thinking that I've never heard you sing back to before, and I'm sure you have in some concert or something. And I need you in a ragtime revival. I'm here for that. I did. I did it yeah. at Barrington Stage. Okay few years ago it was like right after i think it was the summer right after this the, the last presidential election okay so it felt like a really powerful time to be doing it um i did just sing it for a broadway for biden event oh uh, yes work. long ago and it's available on the interwebs i'll send it your way yes. oh my gosh i need thank you, thank <laughs> you. That, will, that will help calm my anxieties we, we talk l- dear listeners we are recording this pre-election <laughs> we have to say it we just have to say it that's why <laughs> we aren't commenting on anything too deeply because we just it's we're not there yet but that's great um Oh my God. I'm dream casting the rest of the show too. Uh, we need to move on. <laughs> How okay, cool moving then on, moving on. that you were then in on the town, which was at, at the lyric, which is where ragtime was, I believe back in the, in the ninth, yes. late nineties. Yeah. That's so special. I wonder whose dressing room you were in. Oh God. That's a great question. You know, I love history stuff like that. That's maybe it was Audra. Maybe it was Marin. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, I had to get anyone really, <laughs> yeah. but I know, um, uh, Audra did have my dressing room at, uh, the Broadhurst, um, for Frankie and Johnny. Oh, nice. oh love that. And yeah. So I felt very like, <laughs> you know. Oh, how fun. Oh, yeah, that was at the Broadhurst. Oh my God. I love that theater so much. That is such a, such a, it's not a bad seat. Yeah. It's, it's like that perfect size, right? Mm -hmm. Like where there are enough people there that you're like, yeah, this is a thing. (laughs) Um, But you can still see the stage and yeah. Yeah. Okay. So on the town, you, that was uh, maybe 
what, four or five years ago now? We just talked to Jay Armstrong Johnson the other day, and he was just raving about you, of course. But just another dream cast of just incredible people, right place, right time. But from what he said, and I didn't realize this, is it was basically a summer stock show that ultimately went to Broadway. (laughs) I just figured it was the out of town, and then it was coming in no matter what. (laughs) No, I mean, I have a specific memory of like, canoeing with Jay, like when we were doing it in the Berkshires and, and both of us being like, Oh my God, there's so much chatter. Like as if it was, this will transfer to Broadway, like calm down people. (laughs) This isn't how it works. Um, And we're both like positive people. I just felt like it was, you know, an impossible scenario. So it really was very magical when it, when it did get to, you know, come in. Oh my gosh, we love that show. I mean, we actually watched, that's how we spent our 4th of July in quarantine. We watched On the Town, the the original movie. And it was just like, this is what we need right now. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah, just campy, fun, but also like so much, I mean, that Bernstein score is like no joke. And it's just also some moments that get your heartstrings, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, what show did you make your Broadway debut in? The 2006 revival of Company with Ooh, Raul. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, yes, right. Oh, it's my gosh. April. I'll never forget seeing him on the uh, the Tony Awards that year. That was, uh, that was uh, just in- insane. It's still a crime that he didn't win that year, but um, it is what it is, know. you know? <laughs> no, I mean, it's like how – it's so hard, like, giving awards for art. It, it's really mm-hmm. impossible to compare. Like – it is. His comedy, like, I think David Hyde Pierce is who beat him, who is a genius. Like, yeah. I would oh, never, yeah. who would ever say, like, don't give them to me. Do you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah. It's yeah. like, of course, you just want them both to win. Yeah, yeah exactly. We haven't seen enough ties over the years, but I did, that was the company where everyone played, um, played instruments, right? We sure did. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, right, 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 right. Okay, how many did you play in the show? Uh, I played, I think, just three tuba oboe and saxophone oh, my God. Like, yeah. oh just three that's amazing because <laughs> well, some of those some people who are in those shows you know are really like incredible yeah. playing a bunch yeah oh wow you know you're my oboe sister i played oboe <gasps> for like six years work let's hear for the double reads <laughs> i know and the embouchure my oboe teacher would always be like you're gonna be a good kisser one day dylan and i was like that sounds a little odd but okay <laughs> closeted me i'm like yeah kissing a girl <laughs> oh my god i can't wait <laughs> yeah oh, my oh god. i cannot that's so i funny. couldn't imagine picking up an oboe though after all these years because i oh. don't think i'd have it no sir <laughs> i i did it then and it wasn't like that many years after i had mm-hmm. played it you know like because i stopped playing it really i think like in college i don't think i played it at all so like when i graduated from high school you know but mm-hmm. i played it again in the Susan Larry Parks play fucking a at the signature. Um, I don't know. That was like, like two years now, maybe three years ago. And I was like, Oh no, this is the last time this will be happening. (laughs) Like it was just, I I was, I was really bad. Like I was just inconsistent and like, I just couldn't. uh, Yeah. The stamina it requires. I mean, I remember having to prepare like pieces for solo and ensemble in high school. I'm sure you remember. And even just like a three minute piece, my mouth would be, I, mean, you could, I could only practice once a night. Like it was like truly like exhaustion in your cheeks and lips. And I'd be like <sighs> afterwards. Oh my God. And when I hear people that play it, so it's like so beautifully, mm-hmm. it's like really uh, transcendent, but that, that ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a, what a cool show to make your Broadway debut in. I mean, and that, that revival was so lauded. Um, and that whole cast was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it felt like a pinch me moment. You know, I think like I would have been glad to make my Broadway debut in anything, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like to, to be in an original cast is a really unique, special experience that like not very many of us get to do. Like that, you know, there's a finite number of shows that come in every year. And yeah. Um, and then to have it be a Sondheim show and, and one that, you know, people liked it just it was really a it was a dream like really I felt like after that experience like if I never do anything else again like I'll be okay like that was a huge gift <laughs> that's awesome god what, do you have a favorite Sondheim show oh that feels like a trick question I know I know I know um, 
it changes every year. And as you get older, mm -hmm. it does. But I think like the, the first one that I fell in love with was into the woods. And so I think like that will just always have a special place in my heart. Yeah. That's my favorite too. What oh, about you? Yeah. I would say Into the Woods. I was in it in high school. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before and our <gasps> high school music director listens to the podcast and that yeah. Into the Woods, that we all kind of like, oh, this is, this is going to be so hard, you know, whatever. And it, I just fell in love with the show. And as Dylan kind of alluded to earlier, as I've gotten older, I've realized those lyrics have stayed with me in so many life situations and it truly has every life lesson you could want smashed into it, you know, for how to be a parent, how to be a spouse, how to, how to be a child of a parent, you know, it's really yeah. profound. Oh my God. The number of times I say like excited and scared is yes. like, Oh yeah. Excited and know, scared. Excited, excited and, and scared. scared. But it's, just, <laughs> I mean, I feel that on a daily basis, practically like it's just, <laughs> yeah. 2020 vibes. Okay. Yeah. The art. Our director made me, Jack, and Connor Rapunzel's prince because we were never on stage at the same time. It was one of those things. They would often find ways to do that, which was smart but tricky. And we never really got to share the stage, but that's okay. Oh, God, I never um, thought about that with, like, really we looking alike. identical in high school. Yeah, that mm -hmm. that would be hard for casting. Oh. It was tough. I know. Wait, yeah. and then you also did Merrily We Roll Along. Yes. Oh, my. Talk about a loved show. Oh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I remember like getting cast in that and talking to one of my friends who's in the business and him saying like, Oh man, like everybody wants to be doing that one. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> which I, I kind of was like, Oh wow. I didn't, I just like, I, I was naive about that. And I thought now after doing it, I'm like, Oh yeah, dummy. Like it's just such a special, I think for artists, especially like we just, we feel the pains of that, right? Like of some people hold on to the art side and some people get success and sell out and some people get success and stay artists and some people just leave the business altogether. And I mean, it is so, I mean, like yeah. any industry is probably like that, but it feels especially poignant as an artist, I think. Just yeah. Oh, yeah. The, all the different paths that people take and how the friendships are, grow and change and yeah oh it's i can't listen to it without like getting emotional the our time oh. motif in general is just and then the finale how it comes back and it's oh the hope that you have it's hard to hold on to that and i know i know <laughs> <laughs> um it's 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 something that we try and think about a lot you know we're coming up on a year just about a year now of doing this Congrats. podcast and it's like thank, oh, thank you. you and we never want to be like jaded or over it or it always has to be something that we need to remind ourselves that, you know, teenage us who would travel to New York from Cleveland every summer, it was our dream to even just see people like you or talk to you at the stage door. And now we're having these real conversations with people. It's, it's really amazing. So thanks for helping that dream and keeping it all stay oh fresh, honestly. God. <laughs> Thank you for making my dreams come true. It's like so, so, so fun to connect with other, you know, theater fans and, and fellow artists. And I'm so inspired that you guys do this together. Have you always been able to collaborate together in a, you know, harmonious way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, being twins and also best friends means that like, I think we have that family thing for us where we can fight and five seconds later, we can be laughing about something and we just move on. We forget about it. We have such a strong bond and thankfully it does transfer over to our working relationship and we know what each other's strengths are. And we, we always want to help share, share the responsibilities and share the load. And I think that it, we're, we're very, very lucky that we have each other to do this. I mean, especially Dylan, I don't know how I would, do any of this without him. He is the, he's the driving force of drama. I'll Aww. say that much, but he's wiping his tears away. Everyone. <laughs> no, but for real, I think we're so lucky because a lot of people will be like, Oh my gosh, you know, I don't even, I don't know how I could spend that much time with someone else, but we're just, we have a good ebb and flow. We've always been able to work really well together. Um, and it was also fun, you know, when we were doing the hustle of New York, you know, like when I was, I was, I was interning, I was working at Soul Cycle, and Dylan was at 54 Below, and we had all these things going on at all times, and we would be riding the subway home at night from these shows we would see, and we would just be talking, 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 and we'd be like, oh my god, this is so fun, I wish we could talk to you know, Elizabeth Stanley about Jagged Little Pill. And then we were like, well, why don't we just <laughs> Wait a minute. figure out how to make this a, an, a creative outlet? And that was 
I mean, that wasn't the like the impetus of drama, but it was certainly one of those things where we were like, no, we like, we do have, we have informed perspectives on things where we like to think we do. And we also have such a love for the arts. So we're like, let's start something together. Why not? Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's really cool. Oh my God. Thank Mm. you. You're so sweet, Elizabeth. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. (laughs) Calling it like I see it. (laughs) Sadly, we are wrapping up here and we like to end on something we call a dose of drama, which could be that, you know, that piece of pop culture you've been consuming, something on your mind, maybe from this conversation or from real life, an interaction you had, a, you know, a, a dream you thought of while you were on a walk. It could be anything. It could be if you're actually feeling dramatic today or if you're not. And and Dylan, how about you kick it off today? I feel like I've been talking so much the last few seconds. <laughs> it's great. It's great. So this will feel like old news at this point, but I need to talk about the drama about this whole like battle of the Chris's that happened on social media. So someone put out like a, a tweet and it was like, one Chris has got to go. And it was Chris Pratt, Chris Pine, Chris Evans, and Chris Hemsworth. And everybody in the world was like, bye-bye Chris Pratt, because it's no secret that he's part of like a church that's very anti-LGBTQ+. Plus, he's had some, you know, he, he hunts, which is, you know, to each their own. Right. But it's, you know, he holds, he, he holds up a fish in a picture, which is always, you know, a sign of, of maybe Trumpian values or whatnot. Oh my God, and stop. So, <laughs> so the world kind of came out and was like, Chris Pratt, no, no, no. And we all should have listened to Anna Ferris years ago when they split. But anyways, so after that, the, everyone involved in the Marvel Universe and all these other male co-stars of his came out in his defense. And we're like, Chris is a good guy. And I, do, I think that, first of all, it was just a, a, a joke online. And Chris is a funny person. And I think he could have made it humorous. But it, I immediately, and I, this is not an original thought, I saw the response was, when Brie Larson spoke out about certain things, she was immediately torn down and she's part of the Marvel universe and nobody has stood up for her or had her back. And it's just the, the misogyny just in, in our industry and in film, it's so frustrating. And honestly, like I'm not going to come to Chris Pratt's defense because of his views. And my favorite Chris is Chris Evans. So that's that. Do y'all have a favorite Chris of the four? Chris Cross will make ya. Um, oh. <laughs> hmm. <sighs> I don't know. That's a hard, I, you know what? I, I'm not getting involved. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to avoid the drama. That. Avoid the drama. Avoid the drama. I respect. My favorite Chris <laughs> is and has always been Chris Evans because as a young closeted gay person, I loved him in Fantastic Four and Not Another Teen movie. And he was so hot and he was like vaguely naked in them, which was like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God, he's so he's he's the man this is the guy but yeah that's crazy it is sad that they didn't come to brie larson's defense because the things that she was speaking out about pay inequality women's rights sexual assault in hollywood and none of them came to her defense on that but they're going to talk about how people are saying chris pratt might vote for trump so we're going to defend him that's a little backwards to me that is drama but anyway my dose of drama is this. This is my first ever repeat dose of drama in oh. uh, over a year. This is wild, but it's also about a boy. It's, you know, I'm going to see about a boy. Wait, what else is new? What hey. else is new? Which, which, which rom-com is that where he's like, I'm going to see about a girl? Oh, is it Notting Hill when? No, it's, it's, um, uh, Matt Damon. It's Matt Damon and, in Goodwill Hunting. And Goodwill Hunting. Of course. Anyway, mine is about. Chase Crawford from Gossip Girl fame. And he's now on this Amazon show called The Boys. And let me tell you, he has been in my life for 13 years. And I'm watching this Amazon show right now. And he has aged like a fine wine. And I looked him up and he's actually just 35. I was like, he's been in my life forever. How is he still so young? And he looks better than ever. And I do recommend The Boys on Amazon Prime. It comes, you know, it's the conceit is that it's a superhero show, but it's actually kind of about, you know, being scrappy and going against like big business and corporations and sticking it to the man and tearing down the establishment and corporations. So, um, of course, it has that like, you know, messaging in it, but he's really hot in it. And I can't believe how good he looks. So I guess I don't it's not really drama, but I feel dramatic that I'm still obsessed after all this time. Hey, that's, I love that he's that young. I know. Cause when I, whenever someone's like a star on like a teen romance, I'm like, they're probably like 30 playing 18. Uh-huh. He just had the benefit of actually looking good as a young person. 
totally. I, I mean, not shocking considering how good it I looks know. now, but yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth, do you feel like you have a dose of drama today? Oh gosh. Okay. Well, I feel like a little bit of a poser because I haven't actually watched it yet, but I am like really loving all of the hype that Emily in Paris is getting um, because yes. Ashley Park, I just love her. I think she's such a like, just a glorious unicorn person. And um, years ago when I was playing uh, Lucy in Jacqueline Hyde at Pittsburgh CLO, she was in the ensemble. Like she was a student who was like spending her summer there. And I remember that summer, like loving her. And it's just been so fun to kind of, you know, be a member of the Broadway community with her and then just like see her just, just bust out. And like the glamorous shots she's been posing with like all of her fashion looks. I'm, Oh, I'm, I'm loving them. Love. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great dose. It is so good. You have to watch Emily in Paris. Ooh, it, I can't wait. It's like the best binge. The episodes are super quick and you'll be, it, it'll just keep playing them and you'll be in an, in a Paris like time warp. It's so oh. fun. Oh my gosh. You'll start saying croissants as croissants. Like you'll, it'll just, it's very, <laughs> Oh, that, that feels yeah. wonderful. I like it. Yeah. Wee wee. Yeah. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you for doing this with us. It is the, the sun has been setting and now my good lighting is gone, which, you know, it means the time flew by. So thank you for doing this with us. Seriously. Thank you for having me. It's just like, so nice to connect with you through the screen. <laughs> I know, I know. New fr- new friends in this pandemic is is truly something rare to come by. Yeah. So we're thankful for you. Likewise. For real. I look forward to seeing your faces, you know, really close up and I don't know, I sometime know. in the I next know. year, maybe. Absolutely. I, I, let's let's hope for it. Everyone should, of course, follow Elizabeth at el dot stands. Yeah. Is that right? I don't have my El little Sam's. sheet in front of me on That's Instagram. Right. You stay away from Twitter, which I admire that. Of it's you. too much for me. I know it's, I know it's mm-hmm. really where the action is at, but I guess I'm, I'm not that active. It's a lot. My, my mental health <laughs> suffers on the daily on Twitter, which is ironic considering I, I get a lot of my news from there, but it's wild. It's a wild place. It's the Wild West on Twitter. I mean, I'll tell you why. It truly is. Truly. Well, I is. commend you for just, you know, riding that saddle. <laughs> Giddy up. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank Giddy you up. for your time. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Congrats to you for everything exciting that's been coming your way. And I know that it, more is to come, truly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And of course, everyone should follow us at the drama podcast. Follow me at Dylan McDowell and Connor at Connor McDowell. Yes. And Connor, we will see you next time. Drama. Drama. Drama.